according to the UNHCR and the many agencies, you know, Eritrea is about between five to six million, maybe or less. But the 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 the, the, the wave or the flee the fleeing of the refugees every month every year is up between three thousand and four thousand. And they're leaving by boat. I mean, how are they trying to get out of the country? First, they 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 flee from their the, the, their place in Eritrea to Ethiopia or the Sudan by night, and there are of course tra- traffickers also that helps to the people to, to go to Ethiopia or to to Sudan as well. So and they have to pay a lot of money to do that. And uh, the journey itself uh, may take three days, four days, up to uh, a week. Uh, but the, 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 the problem they are getting uh, on, the, on their way uh, is so horrible because of the uh, traffickers, human traffickers. They abuse them, they torture them, even they do so many things that uh, even taking their kidneys and something in the in, in, in Sinai. Uh, so it's horrible. I don't know how to explain the, the, the horror and, and suffering. And this is before they even get crammed into those fishing boats or whatever vessel they can get on to yeah. try to take their chances on the high seas to cross the Mediterranean. The, uh, of course, it shifts from one direction to another direction. First, it was through the Sinai Desert to Israel. Then the, the Bedouin, they call it Bedouin, and there are na- nationalists, they call it, or tribes in Eritrea, Rashida. So this is business. They are doing business. It's a lot of money, millions, billions. So they even they kidnap kidnap them in the Sudan or before they get into the Sudan, or when they f- uh, flee from Ethiopia or so to the Sudan, it's the same thing. Then they took they take them by their trucks and sold them to another agents. So this is the way on the Sinai Desert. Now, because of the Egyptian government is, you know, uh, doing things security-wise for the Bedouin, now they change direction to, through Libya, the Sahara Desert, to Libya. And Libya as you, as, uh, is no government, failed state, so terrorists are there, traffickers are there, and um, they put them in... Just charge them a lot of money, thousands, put them in boats. Then they they don't care. They treat them like um, not like human at all. So uh, you know, uh, it's three hundred, six hundred, seven hundred people died because of that boat because of this something. This is almost a norm in this time of time. What is that like for you? How do you feel about this, given your experience in Eritrea, given your own experience with migration, a very different experience um, when you ended up in, in Boulder? I mean, you came through, a, I suppose, the official network of, of migration, applying to the embassy and getting your documents and then coming here. I mean, how do you feel as an Eritrean when you see the human tragedy of what's happening now with migration out of Eritrea? 
It's very tragic. It's very tragic. My, my, um, as I said, when we came here, everything was uh, organized. And uh, there are people here, the host, host us, and uh, the service was great. And uh, they tried their best to settle in the host country. But now, these refugees, they, they, they don't have any kind of services. Uh, just uh, or treat them like human beings. They treat they treat them like things that that it, to be traded for money. That's the, so there is no comparison at all. So I, sometimes I couldn't sleep because uh, my my niece or my cousin or my nephew called me. Say, guy, I'm in the hands of the Bedouin. I'm in the hands of the uh, Rashida. Help me, $3,000, $1,000. So this is to not, for myself, for all Eritreans who are resides here in the United States, Canada, or all over the world. It's the same thing. So the horror is, you know, of course, this is uh, uh, for, for us uh, second hand. It's not, but for them, it's it's horror. It's just I don't know how to explain it in words. What is the reality in Eritrea right now that is pushing this pattern of migration? This is a great, a great question. Um, Eritrea was Italian colony from 1989 to uh, Second World War. Second World War, then the British government overtook for a while. Then the 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 Eritrean future was uh, uh, discussed in the League of Nations to be federated with Ethiopia, or to be independent, or to uh, partition part of it to Sudan, part of it to Eritrea, to Ethiopia. But the Ethi the Ethiopian government claimed it historically. This is part of Ethiopia. Uh, so uh, on the process, they annexed. First, it federated with the Ethiopian government. They then annexed it after eight years. They annexed it illegally. Then the war of independence broke out. The war of independence was, you know, for justice, for freedom, for the Eritrean people, as people, as a country. But now, after 30 years of war and suffered a lot of losses, losses, economically, structure, uh, infrastructure, and human human co costs was a lot, because five five million, six million people they 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 pay heavy price to be to be free, but now the freedom fighters become the the the, op the very repressed, no freedom of speech, no freedom of association. There is no justice. There is no rule of law. There is no constitution. That's this person. He 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 do it whatever he want. Uh, there are ministers. There are ministers and freedom fighters. He put them in prison in 2000. They n there is no legal process. There is there is no court. There is no justice at all. So now in Eritrea, prison is more more than 
schools. There is no higher education, and the and the education, the education quality is uh, really really very low, and there is no future. They can't see light after at, at the end of the tunnel. That's why they are fleeing, and uh, the the uh, national service also. There is unlimited national service. Anybody finishing high school until about 60 years old, they have to go to national service. The a combination of all these factors are the problem of the exodus of Eritrean refugees now to all directions of the world. So the president, Isaiah Afwerki? Yes. That he was a former rebel commander, but yes. it sounds like he has turned on his former colleagues Exactly. The rebel groups. Yeah. He's, he's you know, um, a dictator. It's easy to say a dictator. He's more than a dictator. What support is he getting from other countries? Because a lot of times when we report on issues, whether it's Africa, the Middle East, there's rarely a discussion of, well, what are some of the dynamics facilitating that government being in power? I mean, what is the relationship between other African nations and Eritrea, the US and the European Union, and maybe some of the the dynamics there that is, are they facilitating his rule? I don't know his relationship or his networking with legal and illegal intelligences, intelligence services, intelligent networks. I'm not sure. It's very hard. He's very secretive. Uh, government, there is no, there is no accountability, the, nothing. He ca- it's very hard to say because this is one man leadership. He do whatever he wants. Okay, are there governments in it, in, in in Africa or around the world that helps this guy? He's very isolated, very isolated. There was war with Ethiopia, there was war with Yemen, there was war with the Sudan. Maybe the only relationship, relatively speaking, has is with the Sudan at this time. And probably with with some kind of institutions or people in in Saudi Arabia. And how is his rule being financed? What is the economy there? I suspect there are a lot of illegal trades army trades. Um, I don't know what the relationship with the human traffickers. And there are resources also, some resources. So everything is his real estate. Eritrea is just as his real estate. There is no salary for people. It's national service. Nothing. Eritrea is a very isolated country now. Very, very isolated country. The people are just living with 1500, 1600 century back there. Electricity is Asmara, the capital city. It was a beautiful city, beautiful city, uh, you know. Uh, but now they don't have electricity. In- infrastructure, electricity, water, these uh, resources, it's very hard to, 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 to for the people, very hard. Even Even the transportation is very hard for the people. And you said there's no higher education, so there's no way to educate the exactly. next generation and of engineers. All the higher high educated people are fleeing from the country. So the country is, there is no human resources, there is no uh, social capital to build with because there is no higher education. The quality of education is just almost nil. 
I'm speaking with Zagai Magash, who is originally from Eritrea. He now lives in Boulder County and he's here to talk about the current situation in his homeland of Eritrea and the dynamics that are pushing thousands and thousands of Eritreans to risk their lives, risk torture and terrible abuse as they leave the country. Their journey across land ultimately now to Libya is rife with uh, danger and then when they try to cross the sea the Mediterranean to mainland Europe as we're hearing thousands are dying on the seas. Zigai, take us back to when you first came to Boulder County. This was your first port of call when you left Eritrea. What was it like? <laughs> first it was July so uh, we came from Sudan. It's very hot and uh, uh, in my mind because we are coming farther north, so it was cold, cold. So I have jacket, heavy jacket. And uh, one of the families who hosted us one morning, everybody was with shorts, uh, T-shirt, shorts. And but I, I'm with just, I have a jacket. And so guy, it's too hot. What? It's, it's okay, it's not. Okay, so the, 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 the this is, my expectation, because I'm coming far north, is cold. Another one is snow. So snow, they told us just it will snow in maybe starting October. But at that time, me, snow, hail, ice, there is no difference at all. When it's snow, we were amazed about the snow softness and uh, how it, and we were talking the whole day about the snow, okay. Um, and there are other many, many, many things. Of course, uh, we were not used to, yeah. of course, English uh, was not uh, in Eritrea and, uh, from, you know, third grade, we start to, to learn ABC and read a little bit just, but uh, from seventh grade, before it was from fifth grade, but later from seventh grade, all the way to high school and the university, all our lessons were taught in English. So re writing and understanding English was not the problem. The problem was the accent. When they speak fast, what did he say? And when we speak also, when I speak in English, yeah, this is, I know, uh, this is the way I pronounce it, but it, it was very hard to understand. So this kind of uh, uh, communication problem or understanding or, you know. Uh, another, 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 there are so many things about cars, driving cars, shopping. So there, are, there were a lot of, uh, 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 you know, uh, cultural shock, as I said the first time. But um, in Boulder, Boulder is a nice uh, uh, town. I, I really like it as a community. And um, uh, the work also, what, what do I, what, what I know? What, what work experience do I have? This was a problem also, transition from what we were doing in Africa and the, the opportunity we have in here. So to adjust was not easy. What was your first job here? Um, the first time uh, I worked with uh, temporary agencies, then later 
Uh, I was working for Magnetech Corporation. It's on the 75s between uh, Valmont and uh, and Arapo used to be. Um, they were it's electronic electronic uh, assembly. And then I in the Votech used to call it Votech. I went there, take course for three months about electronic assembling. Then computer information. Uh, uh, then I I start work with Exabyte for 13 years. Then I go back to uh, to continue my education at CU. Uh, graduated at old age in 2007 in sociology. And now I have uh, a business, of course, uh, transportation service. That's what I'm doing. Your experience as a a migrant as an immigrant coming here to Boulder County obviously you talked about the culture shock and you know having to adjust it pales in comparison when you look at the the absolute tragedy of the migration now out of Eritrea people being abused tortured dying if they get out there what can you as an Eritrean living here in Colorado and what can the Eritrean community in Colorado and the US and, and indeed in Europe because the diaspora is scattered all over the world what can you do in the light of all of this tragedy facing Eritreans right now trying to flee the country? Yes. This is what, what we are trying to do. Um, of course, uh, we failed as Eritrean diaspora to help our brothers and sisters uh, that suffered a lot in, 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 inside, the, inside the country by the government and, and on their way to Sudan in their way to Ethiopia, and most most uh, horrific is the from Libya to cross the Mediterranean Sea. So what we are trying to do now is what w- we can help. Let's 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 uh, 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 organize ourselves and and see what resources we have and just to be a voice for this voice voiceless people the to the uh, world community uh international community Th- this is what we are starting now to to to, to go th- so the rally uh, rally in in washington dc on june 19 is part of it one is of course to vo- to be a voice for these voiceless people and to appeal to the international community also can help them, can help. Because the European Union, uh, sometimes they, they see, okay, if we do good things to them, we are encouraging and uh, many refugees will, uh, the flow of refugees will, will increase. But whether they help them or not, the flow of refugees will not stop. Because of the dynamics within the country. That's the point. Because there is always a problem in the country. So uh, it will produce a lot of refugees. Before it was, you know, uh, teenagers like 18 years old, 17, maybe 17, 18 and above. But now 13 years old, 12 years old, pe- just children. kids, children are fleeing without, without a- anybody from their family just occupying them. Sagai Nagash lives in Boulder County. He's originally from Eritrea and he's part of the Eritrean diaspora that are now speaking out on behalf of the thousands and thousands of Eritreans who are risking their lives to leave the country 
across land and then ultimately across the sea to mainland Europe and losing their lives and also being subject to the worst kind of abuses, torture, rape and all kinds of stuff happening. There's a rally happening in Washington, D.C. on June 19th to condemn what's happening to the uh, victims of uh, this migration pattern out of Eritrea. You're listening to KGNU. You're listening to Hemispheres here at Community Radio KGNU. Zigai, what can the international community do to help what's happening to the Eritreans? Um, first of all, to treat them as human beings. Because, you know, the, the suffering, uh, uh, the torture, the, the imprisonment, the killing within inside Eritrea and on their way to flee uh, from Eritrea, they are victims of many, many, many uh, inhumane uh, acts of the government, of the human traffickers, and uh, and uh, so other other agencies also. So what we are asking to the interna- international community is to treat them as human beings, to treat them as human beings. Uh, to help them, you know, uh, uh, rescue them in the interna- in the Mediterranean Sea, and uh, and when they when they reach the uh, European shores, also the same thing, to treat them as the people. Uh, they need, uh, you know, uh, because they are traumatized, they are tortured, so. Psychologically, even sometimes they may not think normally because they're scared uh, for anything. Anything for them is trouble. So they need to to, to heal from these uh, problems. They need uh, uh, medical things. They need to resettle them. On the other side, what we are hearing is, okay, we, we have to take them back. Where? Where? To Libya? To Eritrea? W- what kind of decision is this one for human beings? So this is the, the call or the appeal we are, we, are, we are planning to make for the international community. Um, and, and we have to do it continually, consistently. But this issue is not Eritrean issue. This is for all uh, uh, peace and justice-loving communities all over all, all around the world. So we work. We are planning to work with because this is not local thing now. This is not Eritrean uh, uh, thing. This is internationalized uh, issue. So you know we are appealing. Yes, this is not Eritrean issue. This is not a political issue. This is human being issue. This is uh, justice and peace issues about uh, treating these people. And of course, always, as far as the government is there, that's the root cause of the problem. Will not stop. But until something change comes, let's treat these people as human beings. Zagai Nagash, originally from Eritrea, now lives in Boulder County. He was my guest today on KGNU. 
This is Hemispheres. I'm Maeve Conran. Zagai, thank you very much for being You're welcome. I really appreciate uh, to give me this opportunity um, in the name of this, uh, of the air, air chance who are suffering uh, tremendously. And thank you so much.